podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And it is match day, folks. It is Liverpool versus Inter Milan tonight in the Champions League at the San Siro Stadium. And it promises to be a good game. Now, we have already done a scouted for this game, myself and Carol Matchett. You can hear that now. It is free to listen to. But it's worth having a little bit more of a chat about it. So, Inter, currently second in Syria, the reigning Syria champions. They're not quite the same force that they were last season. Conte is gone, Lukaku is gone, Hakimi is gone. But in the summer, they did a pretty good job at holding things together. They brought in Simone Inzaghi from Lazio to be the new manager, Denzel Dumfries to replace Hakimi. They brought in Edin Dzeko to replace Lukaku. They added Hakan Chalanaglu on a free. And they brought in Joaquin Correa on loan from Lazio to be another option in attack. So they're still a formidable team. But as we've already seen this season, we're more than capable of dealing with a good Serie A side. We beat Milan in both games. They made it more uncomfortable for us at Anfield than at the San Siro. But we won both games. Now, I think Inter are a better team than Milan. Milan are one point ahead in the league. But Inter do have a game in hand. Milan did beat Inter recently. But I still think a full-strength Inter-Milan team is a better team than a full-strength Milan team. Tonight, they may well be without Bastoni, who is a phenomenally good young defender. But they'll still have De Vries. They'll still have Schrinier. They'll be without Barella. He's suspended. He's their best midfielder. But they'll still have Brozovic, who's very good. They'll still have Chalinaglu, who's okay. Vidal might come in. That will help Liverpool massively because he's not the force he once was. You go back six, seven, eight years ago, and Arturo Vidal was one of the best midfielders in the world. Now he's just many years past his best. Up front, it'll likely be Dzeko and Laturo, but Alexis Sanchez is an option for them. He's had a bit of a rena- uh, renaissance in his career since going there. Joaquin Correa is a good option. They'll have Perisic and Dumfries most likely as their wing-backs, though former Manchester United player Matteo Darmian could play right wing-back if they want to be a bit more defensive. They're a team to be respected, but not necessarily feared. Laturo is the big X factor that they have. He's the one player that you'd look at with Bastoni potentially out and Barella definitely out. He's the one player left that you'd look at and think he's really special. 
He's somebody that you have to keep an eye on. He's somebody that we could look at to bring in. He's that level of player. And outside of those three, Bastoni, Barella and Laturo, there's nobody really in that inter-squad that we would look at and think they could come and play a big role at Liverpool. Now, Bastoni even, he would be a backup to Virgil. He'd only be someone to consider if Joe Gomez left. He wouldn't start for us unless we wanted to move to a back three, which doesn't appear likely under Klopp. Barella is somebody you could see starting for us. Right side of a midfield three, him, Fabinho and Thiago, that's potentially perfect. Laturo can play through the middle or off the left in our front three. So he's somebody that could start for us potentially. But, I mean, Diogo Jota's not bad, is he? And Bobby's still capable. He didn't have a great game at the weekend, obviously, but he's still a capable player. So we don't have a need for him. Barella's the one that you'd really want. But Laturo's somebody to consider. If Bobby was to leave, if Mane was to leave, Laturo would be someone that could replace both of them. You could spend whatever money you get from Sadio and Bobby on him, and he fills both positions. So you'd have him, Jota, and Diaz as sort of a rotating three on those central and left-sided roles, which would be really, really nice to have. Going into this game, there's obviously some question marks over what the Liverpool team will be. Will it be Kanate or Matip at centre-back? Obviously, Joel is the first-choice player, but he hasn't been particularly good the last couple of games. And we have seen him this season struggle a bit against those taller, aerially dominant strikers. Antonio caused him a lot of problems. Ivan Tony absolutely battered him. Veghorst caused him a lot of problems at the weekend, and Edin Dzeko has won who could cause him a lot of trouble. Kanate is more physical. He's a bit quicker. He's not as good as Joel on the ball, obviously, but away in a Champions League game, you might just want that bit more of a defensive solidity, and Kanate can offer that right now. But if it's Joel, there's no problems. Up front, Jürgen has lots of options. Mo will start but he has two options in the other two roles. Jota or Bobby, Mane or Diaz. I think he'll go Jota and Mane. I think that's probably the best approach for this game. Keep Diaz as an option off the bench. And then there's the questions in midfield. Fabinho will start, almost certainly. You'd imagine Thiago will start, almost certainly. And then there's the right-sided midfield role. Now, Jordan Henderson has played the majority of the season there, and he has not been good. In fact, he's been outright awful for the majority of the season. And his performance against Burnley was one of the worst you'll see all season, though not his worst of the season. And Jan Molby has set the cat among the pigeons with a statement that he made on the latest Molby on the Spot podcast about Jordan's form and whether or not that contract was a good decision. And I mean, that's something we've all talked about endlessly. There's nothing controversial in what Jan said. He was absolutely correct. Henderson is not playing well. And that contract looks like it could get ugly. It's got 
three years to run after this one. And he has not been at all good this season. He wasn't particularly good last season. His legs look like they're gone. On the ball, he's been really poor. Off the ball, he has been atrocious. His defensive work is a, non, a non-event this season. Now, Jan's comments have predictably brought all the people you'd expect to cry out to cry and led to some very bizarre statements as well. So one of the funnier ones was that Jan Mulby never had to go through what Jordan Henderson went through. Jan Mulby never had to replace a legend. Well, Jan Mulby replaced Graeme Souness. Graeme Souness is the greatest midfield player this club has ever had. Henderson didn't replace Gerrard. He took the captaincy after Gerrard, but he didn't replace Gerrard in any meaningful way. And the Gerrard that Henderson quote-unquote replaced was Gerrard at the very end of his career when he was clearly well past his best. When Mulby replaced Souness, Souness was probably still the best midfield player in Europe. He was 31 years of age, but he had just led Liverpool to another European Cup. Back-to-back, or sorry, two European Cups there in four years. Back-to-back League Cups. In fact, three League Cups in a row. I'm wrong. Three League Cups in a row. uh, Three titles in a row. And two Champions Leagues in four years. That's what Graeme Souness had done. Jan had to walk in and replace that. A man who was in the team of the year. A man who was, like I say, still one of the best midfield players, if not the best midfield player in the league. Maybe still in Europe. Jan knows what he's talking about. Jan was a great player. What Jan Mulby could do with a football is levels above what Henderson even dreams of doing with football. football. Jan was sensational. And when you look at the success he had at the club, maybe you'll get a proper appreciation of just how great he was. Walking in in those circumstances, being arguably the player of the year in 85-86 when Liverpool won the double, back when that league and FA Cup double meant something, Jan scored 19 goals from midfield. Remember, Liverpool were banned from Europe for the fir- for six of the first seven years Jan was at the club. The first year he was there, they got to the Champions League for the well, European Cup final. Then they were banned from Europe for six years. So in his prime, he never got to display how good he was on the European level. But this is still a guy who won three league titles, two FA Cups. And like I say, was arguably the best player in that treble winning se- or that double winning season. He was an outrageously good player. So this idea that he doesn't know what it's like to play at that level is absolute nonsense. And maybe it's just that the cult that surrounds the captain don't want to accept the reality. And we've seen some magnificent nonsense brought out in the last day or so. 
the attempts to whitewash this season, which I told you months ago was going to happen, where because no journalist wrote about how poor he was in the first half of the season, because certain Liverpool-related websites and podcasts refused to even discuss it, they'd pretend it didn't happen. And that's now what's happening. So we've had claims that he hasn't been quite right since he had the illness. The illness he had, he had he had a cold. He had the sniffles. He didn't have COVID. He didn't have anything else. He had a cold. Eight weeks ago, or however long it was that we played Spurs, he had a cold. That's not the reason for his bad form. But nice of you to admit that he has been poor for the last eight weeks. What about all the time before that? We had another absolute pearler attempting to claim he was arguably man of the match in the Champions League final and World Club Cup final. What did you watch? What did you watch? The Champions League final? Fabinho? Virgil? Joel? Ginny, all vastly superior. He was one of the worst players on the pitch, as he had been 12 months previously when we lost in Kiev. These attempts to rewrite history are just bizarre. And this attempt to whitewash his form this season by pretending that what happened pre-Christmas didn't happen is ridiculous. Just accept the fact that he's having a terrible season. I'm sure he'd hold his hands up and admit that he's having a terrible season. He likely doesn't want all these weird fanatics coming out and defending him and making it look worse for him. Jordan Henderson's having a terrible season. Why not just say it and move on? The only reason people keep saying it is because it's true. And the only reason people keep hammering it home is because others keep denying it. Jordan Henderson should not start this game tonight. This idea that he has to start is based in fiction. Klopp dropped him three years ago in a Champions League semi-final. When Henderson was playing well at the time, he dropped him. He was playing Ginny Wijnaldum up front and he still dropped him. And you can say, oh, we lost that game 3-0. We did. We were playing really well for 20 minutes. Naby got injured. Henderson came on. And we capitulated. He's dropped them at Old Trafford. And the idea that three years after that game in Barcelona, when he is significantly declined from that form to this form, that he couldn't be dropped for Inter Milan away? The idea that Harvey Elliott couldn't start this game, it might be too big for him. Klopp started him at home to Chelsea. The reigning, reigning champions of Europe. In the third game of the season, when Chelsea looked great in the first two, Klopp started Harvey Elliott. Why wouldn't he start him against Inter? What would he fear? Now, I think Naby Keita should probably start because Naby played really well at the weekend. 
I think he's the one deserving of that third spot. He's had a very good season. He's had some injuries, obviously. But when he's played, he's been really good. But that right-sided role has to be Naby or Harvey. Those are the two best options. Henderson can't play with Harvey because Henderson can't play the left-sided role. So if Henderson and Harvey are to play, which I've seen some people suggest they should, Henderson has to play the six instead of Fabinho. And that is a ridiculous suggestion. We'll go around the main sites. This is Anfield has 10 key things to know ahead of Inter Milan versus Liverpool. And two Liverpool lineups versus Inter Milan. So let's go through these pieces then. So the 10 key things to know. This is by Henry Jackson. Uh, Inter are flying high. Yes, they are second in the league. Uh, players to watch. He's named Chalanaglu, Alexis Sanchez, Atura Vidal, Samir Handanovic, Stefan de Vrij, Brozovic, Perisic. Everybody will, will be aware of those, obviously. And obviously, Edin Dzeko and Laturo. The likely Inter 11. Uh, Handanovic, Skriniar, de Vrij, DeMarco. That's the back three that played at the weekend. Looked very, very shaky. But it probably is the back three if, if Bastoni's out. Um, Dumfries, Vidal, Brozovic, Chalanaglu, Perisic. That does seem like the midfield. And then Martinez versus Dzeko. Um, no injury issues for the Reds. Everybody's available. Uh, Henry has gone with a predicted midfield of Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. We'll move past that. Klopp hints at changes. Uh, speaking in his pre-match press conference, Jurgen Klopp hinted at making alterations to the team given the depth at his disposal. It is much more important how we play than who is playing. That is how it is. But it helps, of course, that we have solutions for different problems and options for different situations. That's what we try to use. We need fresh legs for this game. Much more important is we have the chance to change five times in the game, which gives just a massive boost for football in general in a really tough period of the year. So it's good to have the boys around, but the boys have to deal with it as well. If if I have the opportunity to make more changes, that's how it is. That just means I cannot always play the same lineup just because we won the last game. That says to me that Jordan Henderson should probably expect to sit his ass on the bench. Uh, Liverpool's history versus Inter Milan. It's the fifth time that Liverpool and Inter will have met competitively. Um, back in 64-65, they played in the European Cup semi-finals. If you've never heard Bill Shankly's comments on that game, you'll probably find them on YouTube. I had them on an old VHS from that those Shankly days. I assume it's on DVD now as well. Um, Liverpool won the first leg 3-1, went to Milan... And the level of cheating was just staggering. Genuinely just staggering. Uh, we did play them in 07-08. We beat them 1-0 in Milan and 2-0 at Anfield. Did you know that Thiago has been one of the best midfielders of the generation, but Liverpool's supporters have been robbed of seeming, seeing him regularly because of injuries? Thankfully, the Spaniard is fully fit and in inspired form currently proving to be a joy to watch in the middle of the park. Thiago's huge influence is outlined by his record this season, with Liverpool winning all 10 of the matches he has started. 
if he can stay fit between now and the end of the campaign, Klopp's side of a wonderful chance of achieving something special. Thiago and Fabinho is the perfect partnership. It really is the perfect partnership. And it negates the reason, or the, the, the need to have any other defensive-minded player or anyone else who's not an attack-minded midfielder in there. Uh, the referee will be Simon Marciniak. Yeah, he's a Polish, Polish referee. Um, he refereed... Oh, God, he's the guy that refereed the AC Milan game at home this year and got very aggressive when talking to Fabinho. He also re- uh, refereed the game in Madrid against Atleti when we lost 1-0 to the Saul goal. That's not great. That's not great. Um, the game tonight is obviously live on BT Sport. And then we have the two predicted lineups. This one was put together by Jack Lusby. So, this one suggests Alison, Trent, Matip, Virgil, Robbo, Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, Salah, Jota, and Mane. And the alternative suggests Alison, Trent, Matip, Van Dijk, Robertson, Thiago, Fabinho, and Naby with Salah, Firmino, and Jota up front. I don't think I'd be leaving Sadio Mane out of this game personally. Now, some people might prefer to see Jota play off the left. I'd rather Jota through the middle. I think his movement up against the free could create a lot of chances for us. So I think that's one to keep an eye on tonight. Uh, Liverpool.com. Liverpool have major Champions League advantage as Jurgen Klopp can exploit big into Milan problem. Uh, do check that one out there. Liverpool set to set for a close look at 171,300,000 as Inter Champions League tie may offer transfer hints. Um, so I assume Laturo is one. Brozovic, I think, is the other. He's available on a free this summer. And then Nicola Barella is the other one, but he won't play. So um, I'm not sure why we'd be getting a close look at him. Jurgen Klopp wants transfer of £32 million Brazilian as Pep Guardiola makes Liverpool rival claim. This is the Media Digest piece. And what have we got here? Anthony of Ajax is the one they're claiming as the midfielder Liverpool want it, I mean it could well be the case he's um, he's a very very talented player Liverpool have golden chance for Daniel Sturridge repeat as striker refuses to rule out striker uh, transfer this is Armando Broya that they're talking about I have to say I'd really be in favour of trying to get him I don't know if it would be in any way possible but he is one hell of a young talent if you're picking someone from that Southampton team, it's him. Now, obviously, he's owned by Chelsea, but he is really, really special. Liverpool must beat Bar- must beat Man City to 519 me- mega transfer as Barcelona chaos prompts five-way battle. What? Okay. So, Nico Gonzalez is the player mentioned here. I was expecting Gavi. 
but Nico Gonzalez is the player that's being mentioned here. Marca claim that the ongoing financial issues at Barcelona mean that his future is not completely secure despite having signed a new contract last summer. He was one of those that got the the 500 million buyout and all that ridiculous nonsense the Spanish clubs like to do. Uh, Liverpool want Paul Pogba 2.0 transfer. It, it, it's Nicolo Zaniolo who has had two torn ACLs. It's very, very unlikely that Liverpool would have any real interest in moving for him. Liverpool a free run at 54 million trio as CEO confirms Sadio Mane's successor transfer plan. Liverpool have, put, Liverpool have been put forward as a potential destination for Southampton players by their own CEO. Interesting. It, what he did was he was talking about players that have been at Southampton and left and how you know a number of them have gone to Liverpool and done really well, how Liverpool have used Southampton in the past as sort of a a development ground, so they let Saints buy the player first, build them up, and then bring them in. The players mentioned here are Livermento, Sally Sue, and James Ward-Prowse, who have absolutely no interest in signing. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, there are a few new articles. Richard Coles has put together a piece about the Burnley game, looking at the, the stats and set pieces. Uh, Stephen Smith has an article entitled The Henderson Dilemma. And Daniel Rhodes has put together a bit of a piece there about the Burnley game based on comments made on post-match Raw. There are lots of new podcasts that you should be giving a listen to. The, the new Under Pressure is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I highly recommend that everybody go and give it a listen straight away. The new Molby on the spot is great as well. And we have a new scouted, myself and Carl, talking about Inter and that is me for today folks enjoy the game tonight I will see you tomorrow bye bye we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7 Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.